Hello, and welcome to Single Lady Estates. I'm Bobby Wasserman, the founder of Single Lady Estates. Thank you for spending some of your time with us. Today, Jennifer Navarte, our producer, and I decided to air what we are calling our Inside the Conversation episode. After our formal episode with Robin Wurzel, Jennifer kicked off an impromptu discussion about home system maintenance because she had recently moved. The conversation quickly evolved into a deeper discussion about women in the trades. And both Jennifer and I thought the discussion was so dynamic, we wanted you, with Robin's permission, to have the opportunity to listen. More and more women are joining the construction and home service trades. There is a real lack of statistics for women in plumbing, electrical, and HVAC, but as of 2022, women made up 11% of the U.S. construction workforce. Basically, there is a lot of room for growth, and Robin's success shows that women's perspective in this work has been undervalued for decades. So enjoy an enlightening conversation with Robin, and you'll learn why women that are now entering the trades are killing it. All right. So I also have some questions for you, Robin. So let's start with three things come to mind with plumbing. The first thing is, and then so... Is that the question you're asking? Yes. Okay. There are three things that come to mind when um, your plumbing is not working. Water not getting hot is probably the most common one. Drains slow or backing up or no water coming into the home due to a break in the supply line. Tankless water heaters are good for families who run out of water and have a smaller space to put the water heater. However, one misconception of the tankless water heater, it does not provide instant hot water. The home would need a hot water circulation pump to have hot water on demand. Slow or clogged drains mean there's something wrong with your sewer system. This can mean you will need to replace or repair your sewer lines or repipe your home. Most sewer systems last about 30 years unless tree roots invade your sewer line or the ground settles causing a belly or a break in the sewer line. This could be the most expensive plumbing repair. So if the home you're buying is 30 years or older, I would recommend your sewer line have a technician come and camera it to see the condition of your pipes. Wow, that was great. (laughs) Okay, so the other thing that you said was if you have to repipe or repair a sewer system. Yeah, so if you have to repipe or repair a sewer system, that's when your plumbing gets the most expensive. I could talk more about the types of repiping that could be more costly. There's um, a traditional way where they dig up the yard or tunnel under your home. And then there's trenchless sewer repairs, which is something we do. And it's less costly and less invasive to your property. And what does that entail? What's the difference? Why would you go one over the other? In some cases, you don't have a choice, but trenchless has not been as popular for some reason in the United States. We just uh, invested in a new system and it's called Light Ray. So basically, we go in and You find where the the break or the repair needs to happen. And then we dig down to that and we have this machine and it puts a sleeve within the pipe. Then it puts a UV light. So within that machine, it, it expands so that this lining lines the pipe and then a UV light goes in there and it hardens or cures it immediately. So you can do all that. And what normally would be a 20 or 30, we can do it for six, about 65% less in cost, depending on the system. For instance, if it's a $30,000 repair, we could maybe do it for six or 8,000. Uh, most of the repairs we've been doing with this system is like two to 3,000. And um, we just went out to uh, 
business where another company quoted them 78,000 and we quoted them 8,000. So it is a huge difference. And so far it's been great. And if you see the product, you feel how hard it is and you understand why this is such a good solution. I love the technology aspect to it because this is this new technology? It is. It's actually, um, trenchless is not new and it's similar, but what's new about this technology is the type of material they use and the UV light, it hardens right away. The other trenchless that's been around for a long time, the pipe has to be completely dry and it takes a long time to cure. So you're without water for 24 hours or two days where this is instant. I mean, if you put it out in the sunlight on the driveway, you can see it just hardens within minutes. So it's um, it's very different and unique, and we're loving using it. It's been kind of a fun product to, to introduce. So you guys are like the fancy tech people in your industry. We're hoping to. We're hoping to stand out innovatively. There's a lot of things that I think we do different than other companies. Uh, maybe it's because I stepped into this as a woman. I, I wasn't in the trades, so I took on basically a culture change and then also training and and bringing empathy to to customers, trying to, I want them to feel safe when you come in their homes, getting to know them, develop relationships, but mainly, you know, looking at their systems, having them trust us, giving them options so that they can choose, you know, they have the knowledge now and they can choose what works best for them. So we're probably one of the few companies that are still hourly. We pay our guys hourly so they can spend as much time as they want, where many companies are going to commission. And that's a higher pressure sales tactic. So we're just trying to do things different and stand out. And hopefully most of our business comes from repeat customers and referrals. So right now, about 80% of our customers are repeat customers and referrals. And we hope that everyone I bring in that's new, that they become you know, a repeat customer. So this brings up a really good question. And Bobby, I hope you don't mind. I, no, no, this is great. I'm actually curious because we're looking at potentially getting a house. So that's why, <laughs> mm-hmm. Robin, I hope you have the time. I do. If I'm looking to buy a home and I'm going to turn to someone like, because I don't live in Austin, I live in San Antonio, but I'm going to turn to a professional. Mm-hmm. What are the questions that I, as a single woman, should be asking that company in order to know that I'm working with someone who really does have my best interest at heart? The ones that come right off the top of my head are like, if they're licensed and insured. I mean, we have our insurances, you know, depending a million to 3 million. And I hate to say it, but that's if something goes wrong and we are to cause, but we can then repair it. If your house, something terribly goes wrong and then we have to come in and just clean it up and put new sheetrock up or flooring in we have the insurance to do that. A lot of companies that are smaller don't carry the insurance. Also in the state of Texas now, this happened since Snowmageddon, um, you don't have to be a licensed plumber as long as you're working under a licensed plumber. We don't do that. We have apprentices that go and learn. But at this point, and the reason they did that was during Snowmageddon, there was not enough plumbers. So people were coming in from other states and uh, they didn't have a Texas license. So there's no way to really know what they're credentials were. The Texas State Board, the plumbing board is a much stricter, has higher expectations of plumbers here in Texas. In some states, even HVAC guys can do plumbing. Here, you cannot do that. So it's different. So licensed, insured uh, tech would be the two big questions. And then we give you the notices before we come out. We have a little bio that tells you about our 
and other companies do this, but I think it's a good plus to have. So you see a picture of them and then technically the way it works is they're supposed to call you 30 minutes before they get there or on their way. Then you know what to expect. And then, so how you would ask these other questions, I don't know, but these are the other things that we like to do is when we get there, make sure with you that we're parked in a good place. We put booties on our shoes so that we don't get any dirt or scuff up your floors. So there's different things that we do. Um, I'd like to say maybe we're could be considered a little boutique but not like we don't do remodels and stuff, but we just offer more value and little things like that. I, we train our guys to, um, for instance, if, you know, usually people, they know they're going to go run their errands and when you call them, they'll come home. So a lot of women will come home from the grocery store and I tell our guys, help them out, bring in the groceries, you know, while you're at it and then, then get to business. So just those kind of personal touches is what I think will help, you know, and that may be off-putting to some women. Maybe they feel that's, you know, so you have to kind of judge this, the situation, but just not going there specifically to sell them something, but going there to develop the relationships, to help them understand their systems and to um, help them make choices that are best for them. So that's what we train here. You could not an- ask that question, you know, just calling. You just, you know, I think you would just know, um, you know, if, if someone refers a company like that or you have them, then you kind of identify it. Okay. So the other thing that I am curious about is you mentioned that your husband got involved in this and that you joined him in this and that you've come in as a woman kind of being more of the maybe marketing or education or teaching mm-hmm. the employees empathy. I mean, when you come in, you're the new kid on the block and you guys are married. So as a woman entering what is traditionally a man's field, how do you overcome, navigate, nuance yourself so that way it is a team effort and not where maybe you're outside of the team or maybe your company is not like that at all? I'm just curious. Well, it was much harder than I expected. I come from a business background. I grew up in a family of entrepreneurs. We've owned our own business forever. Um, when we first started the company, we hired a master plumber and he was our operations manager. He was here for about 10 years. And then when he left, I happened just to have retired from American Airlines about that time. So um, my husband's like, hey, can you step in and help me run this Part of the business. One thing my husband always wanted, he always wanted us to work side by side. It wasn't necessarily my dream, but you know, once I started doing it, it it's great. Everyone that meets us cannot believe how well we work together as far as um, on the businesses. You know, so we did that. He's hands off with the plumbing and HVAC. If I go to him and ask him to advise me or what his thoughts are, he will. But other than that, I, he's hands off. So when I jumped in, the first year uh, was very difficult. You know, many of the plumbers or technicians, you know, I'm a woman, didn't want to stay. People said, I'd never make it in the industry. We're going to oh, close wow. in three months. So it was a constant trying to find the right people. And it took me about a year and a half to I found kind of my partner in it. He's our operations manager or general manager. But what I found in him was we had our vision and our goals are the same the things that we value are the same. And when once that clicked and he came on board, then now there's more of a credibility there. So now we're starting to get plumbers asking for a job as opposed to me going out trying to find them. And the same thing with HVAC and electrical. I've I finally found, you know, the people who can manage those departments and make a difference. 
and they're buying into what I'm saying. And so the culture has finally taken root. Everyone seems to be enjoying the direction we're going in. And now we're finding more interest from the outside because, you know, people are wanting to know what's going on over there. We just bought in a down economy, we just purchased 10 new vans and we have three more on order. We just purchased this new technology of the light ray. So people notice, you know, the industry's small. And um, when things weren't good, we were not making money, but I hung in there because I wanted to see it succeed. And I did have people that worked for me. I knew they could find another job, but they were putting hard work in. So I wanted to continue down the road with them. So, um, we overcame it. And of course, then we had snowmageddon and then we had um, COVID. And so we've had a lot of challenges, but we're doing great and we're doing better than ever. And it's just persistence. And I think my husband could have stepped in at some point, but he just let me keep going. So Well, it sounded like, I mean, the whole culture shift was a whole paradigm shift. So mm-hmm. you had people that had been working that way. You wanted to work a different way. And they're like, ah, forget it, lady. <laughs> it's never going to yeah, work. Yeah, you don't know right? what you're talking about. Yeah, you don't know what you're talking right. about. And 18 months later, fast forward, and gee, maybe you did know what you were talking about. <laughs> well, that's what I hope. I hope that those who left, have, and I, anyone that left, I told them that they're welcome to come back um, at some point, you know, but it's now it's if we have the, you know, the capacity to take them back on, you know. So, so yeah, that's great. it's been a great, you know, great learning experience. Um, I've learned so much. Uh, I knew a lot about construction because of my husband. I mean, he lives and breathes it. So naturally I just catch on to it and, um, I'm interested in it. I'm interested in how things work. That's just who I am. So it wasn't hard for me to learn or learn more and start relating. If I have a conversation with the technicians, they have no idea I, I know what they're talking about. I know their lingo and I can carry on a conversation about anything with them. So it's been, um, it's been great, great learning experience for all of us. Robin, what did you do for the airlines? I was a flight attendant, uh, 28 years with American Airlines. So you came from a total service business with people who are very difficult to deal with, <laughs> airline passengers, right? <laughs> Well, I think they've gotten more difficult. When I first started, I started in 86. It was different. Back then, people acted different. They dressed nicer. It was a whole different kind of thing. When you rode on a plane, it was expensive. Yeah. Just behave differently. That has changed over the years. And uh, especially now, I'm glad I'm not flying now from you know what my flight attendant friends tell me. It's just a different industry. So unfortunately. Yeah. But yeah, when I was there, it was great. Now I flew international and I was usually the first class flight attendant. So the first class was my realm. Oh, nice. And I just managed it just as I would manage a cocktail party at my house or a dinner party or something like that. Oh, very cool. So uh, words of wisdom, Robin, for women wanting to enter the HVAC plumbing and electrical field, because there's going to be women who hear your story and are going to be like, I've always been interested in that, or maybe I could do that. What are your words of wisdom for them? There's not enough, there's hardly any women in the trades. It is definitely an industry that is, it's going to be here. It's, it's growing. It's not going away. Computers can't replace technicians and tradesmen. So this job will always be here. If you like working with your hands and you like problem solving, it's a good profession. And the pay has definitely increased, you know, even in the three years I've been here, just because of the shortage of technicians. So the pay has increased. However, you do start out as an apprentice and you're learning. If it's women or 
girls coming out of say high school, then you can come in and get paid right away. And you're learning why you're here. In most cases, when you're in a male dominated place, you have to think about, you know, they may be a little bit more rough around the edges, but I'm hoping my time here is to kind of start changing the uh, mindset or the reputation of the industry. So I would love to have women because I think it would soften the edges. I do think all the people who now work for us are very respectful of women. They're married, they have children. So there's not a lot of that that's kind of changed with our culture change. It just is how people, once your culture changes, then people start coming to you that like that culture. So having a woman owned business I do all the training. I'm in the meetings. They're familiar with me. They respect me. I don't have a problem at all with it. So I enjoy it. And um, there's a lot of opportunities, not only with technicians. Of course, you can be salesperson. You can be CSR where you're answering calls or dispatching where you're dispatching the technicians. So there's a lot. Salespeople in this industry, and I say sales because we don't necessarily sell. We call them comfort advisors, but they go explain everything to the customer so that they understand they can make quite a bit of money at our company. Most of the people who do that, they also do the work, but in some industries or some companies like ours, um, they just go out and they just sell. Like they just talk about the trenchless uh, sewer repair, like I was talking about and they can educate. So it's not, they can spend that time. So it's another job that they could have that's not necessarily, they don't want to be in the field turning the wrenches. So there's a lot of different opportunities. I feel like I just got like a master's certification here on what to look for. (laughs) I know, right? We want want to work for you, Robin. (laughs) (laughs) Well, so much of this I've learned over the past three years and it's been, um, every day I learn something, which is great. Well, and women just don't, like you said, right? The men ask the questions, they they follow them around, mm-hmm. and women, they've we've got to do this. Mm-hmm. It's expensive if you don't. And it, it's a mindset um, with women, and I know that not every woman's the same, but for me, it was always like, before I bought my first home, I actually took real estate classes. I wanted to understand what I was getting into. So there is a mindset, and it's not just women. I mean, it can be some men too. They just want you to come and fix it. Right. I want to know why. Why is it working that way? Or why did this happen? You know, and even within my own, and when things happen here and I have to find out, did the technician make a mistake or why? Sometimes I have to dig into it. And that's where I learn the most because I want to know, you know, don't just tell me it happened. I want to know what happened or why it happened. So it is, um, it is a mindset that I think, yeah, women should, Pay attention to those things. If you were, and this is a single uh, woman kind of podcast thing. Mm-hmm. So I think that women who make those decisions are going to be more like that. I think that even in my case with, you know, a husband, I have the kids, I let him handle a lot of those things and um, just, you trust him to do it. And it's just with any job, it's who has a specialty and, and can handle things where, you know, I may do this better. He does that better. Right. If I was single and buying my home, I would definitely be the one making sure. Yeah. Well, and sometimes you don't know where to start. So that's what we're mm-hmm. trying to do. It's like, here's some questions. Here's an open door on kind of these systems very generally, but at least it gives you some type of a mindset and some type of perspective, right? Of some very general questions. 
And that'll spark your interest. And then you'll dive deeper depending on what's going on with where you are or where you want to be. Oh, yeah, definitely. I think of um, like with the plumbing, I think it's so easy. It's plumbing in. It's the good water comes in. The bad water goes out. (laughs) And once you look at a diagram of that, it's like, oh, this all makes sense. We also do like if you we go on a like an RV trip or trailer, you know, we have a fifth wheel trailer. It's much easier to see those systems work because you have to operate them every day. So it becomes easier to understand it. Well, so you actually made me think of something, Robin, because uh, women, and Bobby said this too, women are afraid to ask the questions. But sometimes I think it's because when we ask the questions, we get kind of pushed off or mm-hmm. kind of given an answer that feels like they're kind of telling you go away. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so what's the, so how do you kind of overcome that? Maybe what, what's a, a proper comeback that will let them know that you kind of know what you're talking about and, or that you're worthy of having a proper response. Well, one of the things, and again, this gets back to the company philosophy. Um, we ask, and it, we ask women this all the time, do you mind if we go through your home? And if there's things that we see, you know, unrelated, like the toilet's clogged up, but if there's anything else that we see, do you want us to tell you about it? And they'll say yes or no. And if they say yes, and then we ask them, you're welcome to follow me around and ask questions, or would you prefer if I do this and come back and talk to you about it at the end? So we ask those questions, or at least that's the training we give our technicians. Coming from our technician's perspective, I would hope they would never do that because I'm telling them these are the reasons. And so they understand it. So as a woman, if I was in this situation and I'm buying a home, believe me, there's always going to be those men. I had one when I bought my first car that just talked down to me, would not listen to me. I've had it in other situations and it makes me so angry. But I think if, if you go to them and you know, say, hey, you know, I'm really interested in how this works. Do you mind you know, showing me or helping me understand? I think most of them, would be happy to. But if you go at it like where you're putting them on the defensive where they don't know what they're talking about, then they're going to respond more like that. I also think the reverse. I think we go in and try and develop relationships with the homeowner. But if you're in that situation as a homeowner, if you can develop the relationship with the technician and you notice things um, like on their phone, if you see a picture of a child say, oh, you know, you have children and you break down those barriers, you start talking more on a personal level. And I think you're going to get those answers and the, the respect that, that you want. I love it. Thank you. I really so appreciate this extra time with you. Thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. I appreciate it. Thank you, Robin, especially for the extended interview and conversation. You guys were very easy to talk to and I appreciate it. Thank you all for listening to our Inside the Conversation of the Single Lady Estates podcast. To learn more about what Robin discussed and to join our community, go to our website at singleladyestates.com, connect and engage with our community, and be sure to subscribe to our podcast.